And just like that, the Sabres are back in a playoff spot. Kind of. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Sabres time. Joe DiBiase here. Thanks for making us your first listen every day, covering your team every day, the Buffalo Sabres. And we have a lot to get to on today's show. The standings are looking great after this weekend. A win over the San Jose Sharks to recap. A couple of stuff around the league, including Ryan O'Reilly being traded, Patrick Kane not being traded, the future for him. Uh, Not involving Buffalo, but some around the league stuff to get to as well here on today's show. And that's it. That's all we're going to tackle. Nothing else that's been, uh, you know, rolling about out there in uh, social media land or in YouTube land. No, just just the things that I touched on. Uh, We'll see how the day goes, though. We'll see. And uh, when I say the Sabres, by the way, are back in a playoff spot, kind of. We're right back where we were about a month ago when we first were able to say this. The Sabres are in a playoff spot by points percentage after their four to two victory over the San Jose Sharks. Before we get to all that reminder, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at sneaky Joe sports. The podcast account is at locked on Sabres. And you can also uh, do it at our uh, YouTube channel. You can just search locked on Sabres right there on YouTube and you can uh, like or subscribe the podcast there. You could throw a comment in or a question as well. Our question of the day or a comment of the day, I should say does come from our YouTube channel. And it comes, um, and it comes from David Young uh, on our sh- prospect show with um, Hadi Kalakash from uh, the Lockdown NHL Pot- Prospects podcast, who joined me on Friday. And David writes, it comes down to a game of numbers for Buffalo with Thompson and Cousins signed to seven-year deals each. Which of the first th- of the three? First rounders is least likely to accept being at best a third line center. Uh, David writes, my thinking is that Coolidge would be the one most likely to get offers for a trade. So he would be the least likely of the three to want to stay when it comes to earn a position on another team's roster. So it's a good question. And I asked Hadi as one of my questions, who of those three is most able to move to the wing and he believes that Osland is the least likely Noah Osland is the least likely to move off of center he is a centerman and he's going to be a centerman Savoy Matthew Savoy will be more of a scoring winger in the NHL is his belief and Coolidge just might be a versatile Swiss army knife that you could put anywhere out there on the ice so it's a good question I don't know the way he the way he thinks the way he's watching these prospects, I bet you he would tell you right now their top three centers for a long time are going to be Thompson, Cousins, and Noah Osland. And then Savoy will be in the top six as a winger, and Coolidge will be in the top six or on the third line as a winger. That's kind of how it reads to me. And But it's a good question because we don't really know what that's going to look like with these three still having to go through lots of stages of their development. If you want more prospect talk, uh, be sure to check out our last podcast um, with Hadi Kalakash. So, a great weekend. You could debate how high the Sabres playoff odds went up from Friday 
night to Saturday night, but they definitely went up. Moneypuck.com, who we've talked about, like take their odds with a grain of salt all year. They had the Sabres go up 17% in the playoff odds. That's where I think they might be over-exaggerating the point a little bit. They went from 25% to 42% at Money Puck. Another good website to use for playoff odds is Puck Luck. And Puck Luck has the Sabres today at 33% to make the playoffs. So let's go to the hunt early on today's show. We'll talk more about the actual matchup with the Sharks and what happened in the game uh, in just a little bit. But what happened? Saturday was absolutely perfect. Every single thing you could have asked for to go the Sabres way went their way. The Islanders lost. The Capitals lost. The Penguins lost. The Panthers lost. The Red Wings lost. All in regulation, by the way. And then the Sabres got their win over the Sharks uh, late in their final uh, game of that West Coast road trip. So now where we stand when it comes to the hunt, if I show, I'll show it to our YouTube uh, uh, subscribers right here uh, on the on the YouTube channel. And the Sabres are now at 60 points in 54 games. So that's still less points than Florida, Washington, the New York Islanders, and Pittsburgh. But man, they have games in hand on everybody again. Pittsburgh even is starting to get a little bit closer. Three points behind the Penguins with one game in hand. Feasible. Not likely, but feasible. The Islanders, three points back with five games in hand probable that they will pass the Islanders when they make up those games. Washington, the Sabres are two points back with four games in hand. Again, probable that they will pass Washington just by making up the games in hand. Florida, two points ahead of the Sabres, and the Sabres have five games in hand. Probable again. The Sabres will pass the Panthers in the standings by making up their games. They're tied with Detroit in the standings, 60 points, one game in hand. So that's the big F, win that game, and you're above Detroit. Um, the Red Wings are are worth monitoring, but I'm not worried about them yet. And then one other team I will throw at the bottom here. Here, I'm going to say something nice about Ottawa. Not about, the, uh, not about their former player, but I'll say something nice about the current team here. I think Ottawa's good. And I've been saying it all year. I think they are better than the Red Wings. I still don't think they're on the Sabres level. Um, they're a little bit below that. Uh, they do not get the amount of scoring chances. They do not drive possession the same way that Buffalo does. Um, so they're worth monitoring as well. They are two points back of Buffalo with one more game played. So the math doesn't look great for them, but they did win on Sunday over the St. Louis Blues. So a pretty damn good weekend. The Sabres get the win. Losses by the Islanders, the Capitals, the Panthers, the Penguins, the Red Wings. That's that's as good as it could have gone. So uh, that's good news. And keep rooting. We can keep scoreboard watching. We can keep rooting against these teams. Um, but by points percentage, the Sabres are back in a playoff spot. They are just below the Penguins. By points percentage, the Sabres are a playoff team. And it is February 19th. And if you asked me that at the beginning of the season, it would have sounded like a dream. I would have said that that was considered exceeding expectations. If you told me the Sabres were going to be in a playoff spot by percentage this late in the season with less than 30 games to go. Um, I saw a tweet from Anthony Chandra of Expected Buffalo on Thursday that the Sabres needed to win 20 games. Or uh, this was on Wednesday. This is before the Ducks game. The Sabres needed to win 20 games in the remaining, what was it, 31 to have a greater than 50-50 shot to make the playoffs. Well, that's two. That's two down. 18 to go. 
That's two down. So it's going well. And uh, they, they played really well in both of those games, Anaheim and San Jose. We'll get to uh, the, the Sharks game and what I liked from that game. Um, I'll give my Goat Head of the Night uh, award away for the game's MVP on Buffalo's side. And a look at the Calder race a little bit because Owen Power had an, a terrific goal in this game. So just a little bit of an update on that as well before we get some around the league stuff. So all that's ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. So stay tuned to the show here uh, before we uh, – before we get to all that. So that's coming up next. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Sticky Joe Sports. You follow the podcast account at Lockdown Sabres. And be sure to check us out on our YouTube channel. And I believe I bought myself just enough time to get the right ad read up in front of me. And here we go. Athletic Greens, AG1. Start my morning with it every morning, my Monday morning especially, after a weekend with who knows what. You know, you might be hanging out with the guys, watching some watching the Sabres game late at night, 1030. That game did not end till after 12 o'clock. And you might need... A pick-me-up without just going for straight caffeine on Monday morning. You want the vitamins vitamins, and minerals and adaptogens to help start your week right and start your day right. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery focus, and aging. It is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And if you eat keto or anything like that, you know, sometimes you might have to sacrifice taste a little bit. You're not going to be doing that here. You put one scoop in with your, with your water and it tastes great. Uh, not like some of those really green shakes that might gross you out, uh, over time. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit and my cold brew habit. Uh, it's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. You are investing in an all in one nutritional insurance right now. It's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and four on-the-go, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast, fresh off a win this weekend. The Sabres after dark. Final time this season. They play I, They play in the Eastern time zone every game for the remainder. I heard Brian Duff say that on the uh, Sabres telecast. I'm going to trust him with that before looking it up. They do not play uh, outside the Eastern time zone again. 4-2 to two over the San Jose Sharks in a game that was entertaining. It was not necessarily a one-sided affair, right? Like, the Sharks came to play, and the Sabres got a little lucky with some, some soft goals that went in on Capo Kakinen, the San Jose goaltender. So the first goal by Dylan Cousins, for instance. I mean, that's a great coast-to-coast effort by Cousins. He starts from behind his own net. He does a great job going up ice, beating guys to the wall. He goes by three or four Sharks to get to the spot where he ends up shooting the puck. But once he shoots the puck, it's along the ice. It's from a bad angle, and the goalie's just not on his post. I mean, he did get a little lucky that that went in the back of the net for his 20th goal of the season. So a little bit of luck there that goes the Sabres' way. And their goaltender, I don't want to quite say stood on his head, but Ukepekalukkanen had a very strong performance in San Jose. Uh, expected goals for in this game was actually 54% to 46%. Um, and I would attribute the Sabres making up that expected goals for difference with their goaltending. That is really, I think, the difference uh, in the game. 
Uh, Lukanen turned away 33 of 35 shots. He was the game's number two star. Uh, some big saves, athletic saves, too. Side to side, the blocker save he makes early on in the game. I couldn't believe he got over there in time. Uh, Eric Carlson sets up this, his teammate for a wide-open net, and Lukanen just flashes the blocker across. It goes up in the air, and he makes the save. So Lukanen was incredible in this game and a big reason why the Sabres won. But it's not like it was one-sided in favor of San Jose either. I just mentioned the expected goals for 54 to 46. Okay. That's not too bad. Shot attempts actually were in favor of Buffalo. They had 51 shot attempts at five on five to San Jose's 49, 35 to 31 were shots in general. That's not too far off either. It's a pretty evenly matched game, pretty evenly matched game, but I think the Buffalo goaltender outplayed the San Jose goaltender. That's kind of how I look at uh, this game in totality. And you know what? The sharks, it's kind of been their, their, that's the book on them all year. They're not that bad a team, um, especially when Eric Carlson's on the ice. They're sometimes dominant. Meyer's great. LeCouture is still pretty good, but they just have not gotten the goaltending between James Reimer and Kapo Kakinen to, uh, to have them better than, what are they? They're 17 and 40. If you count, you know, overtime losses, uh, it's just losses, but they've lost 40 times this year. Um, but a good job by the Sabres. I'm going to give Goathead of the Night for the, the team's best player for the Sabres. I'm actually going to give it to Tage Thompson. Skinner actually won the number one star of the game. One goal and one assist. And it's deserved. He won the goal. He got scored the goal that won the game. And the pass he makes to Owen Power is great as well. But I thought Thompson was everywhere in this game. He was generating chances as much as any game I've seen him play in months. Um, weeks at least. And he ends up with just one assist on the night. But... Even that one assist, he did everything on that game-winning goal for Jeff Skinner. Skinner puts it in the empty net, but Thompson goes in on the forecheck. He forces the turnover. Then as he tries to pull it out to the front, because he's it's two-on-one, Sharks against Thompson, he loses it, but he uses his reach. He uses his body to be able to shovel that over to Skinner and have the wherewithal to know Skinner's over there. And it's a perfect pass, and Skinner's able to put it at the back of the net. So he made the play that won the Sabres the game. He had five shots on goal. He really could have had two or three goals in this game. He hits a post on one. He gets stoned by Kakanen on a two-on-one where he toe-drags the defenseman and has an open shot from the slot. That was in the, earlier in the game. The third period, he has that two-on-one with Darlene. And this might, I want, want to give him a little bit of criticism. If he passes that two-on-one pass over to Darlene, Darlene steals the pocket neutrals in the neutral zone. He passes to Thompson. He goes in with it on a two-on-one. If Thompson, who held the, held the puck for about two seconds, if he passes it after one second when the defenseman lunges for him, Darlene's got an open net on the other side. Little bit of criticism. But what Thompson was trying to do almost paid off. He makes the shot. He says, I, you know what? I'm just going to rip it. I'm, I'm ripping the shot, and I'm going to score. And he picked the right spot. Kokkinen left the five-hole open. And he got lucky because Thompson drilled this shot towards the five hole and the puck was maybe a little bit on edge. And as it was flipping, it it turned and hit Kokkinen's pad in just the wrong way so that it bounced down and not through. So that two on one, oh man, it was, it was a, a razor's edge from being a goal for Thompson. He was everywhere creating chances. He created the Skinner goal. 51% expected goals for rate of the night. Not insane, but good. Um, I'm going to give Goathead of the night to Thompson. I feel like I have not given it to him in a long time, by the way. Um, early in the year, could have given it to him every night. But it has, it's been a while. So, 
Lukanen, Thompson, Skinner, all incredible performances. Owen Power. Owen Power scores his fourth goal of the year, and he scored. He had a good game. You know, he had his usual solid game, not a lot of mistakes, controlling things from the his own end. Um, I'll keep calling him the Peyton Manning of the Sabres. That's Owen Power. He scores his fourth goal. It's a great pass from Skinner down to a, a, a streaking power, and then just a great move. He just goes forehand, backhand, gets cocking in to open up the five hole, and he just slides it in with the backhand for his fourth goal of the season. So, I do believe that that goal, even though it really shouldn't carry this much weight, it will help him make a case for the Calder. Every single goal he scores will help him uh, have a case for the Calder Trophy. He still is behind in the odds. He's behind Matthew Beneers. Um, he's behind several others. But you heard NHL executives in Wyshynski's piece at ESPN a couple of weeks ago uh, say that he is in it and that he has a pathway to doing it. And those voters, you can't get everybody on board with film analysis or analytics. So your only other option to get an award is he's got to put up the, the surface stats, right? You got to put up the goals and the assists to help win it, to, to convince that one that one voter that's not watching your games and has no idea what expected goals for is. And, oh, what uh, controlled controlled what entry? Controlled offensive zone entry, exits? A guy that knows no, nothing about that. That guy's not voting for Owen Power right now because they're just looking at four goals and 16 assists. But every goal will help. So hopefully that helps his call their candidacy, and he's got, you know, 29 games to go here. Uh, so Sabres win 4-2 to over the San Jose Sharks, and it'll look great in the standings. When we come back, a quick look at around-the-league trades. So Ryan O'Reilly gets dealt to Toronto. Patrick Kane does not, but a, an interesting thing happened with Kane on Sunday night that we got to get to. Uh, so that's coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. If you want to look at Calder odds, you can do that at FanDuel Sportsbook. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. We're past the all-star break in the NHL season, which means it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drain, goalies, saves. Uh, you can bet on penalty minutes if you want. You can bet on anything uh, at FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, plus, FanDuel, even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's an official sports book partner of the NBA. Jody Biasi back here on the Lockdown Savers podcast. Okay. Start with Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, he's made some comments. He wants to be traded, it seems. And he's making it hard on himself. Uh, for one, the rumored list of Canes that he would be willing to be dealt to, he has a no-movement clause, he'd be willing to be traded to the Rangers or he'd be willing to be traded to the Leafs. Not great. Because, one, the Leafs already made their trade. Ryan O'Reilly. The Rangers already made their trade with Vladimir Tarasenko. So... Maybe this is a sign for Kane that, hmm, nobody really wants me right now. There's there's rumors of a hip injury that have been uh, causing him harm all year, that have been tough for him to play through. There have been rumblings about him not trying very hard because of the team he's on and his situation. But 
you looked at it and going into going into Friday night, the Blackhawks played at the Senators and Kane had nine goals on the season, nine goals on the season, only seven at even strength. And what does Kane do in the next two games? Five goals, five goals, two goals against Ottawa after they traded for Ryan O'Reilly, three goals then against uh, against Toronto on Sunday night. Maybe a little show me to the Leafs of, hey, you should have traded for me, five goals. But I would want to spin that a different way. Isn't this evidence that Kane has not been that motivated this season and that part of his poor numbers. I mean, he's one of the worst players by at, by analytics in the league this year. I mean, his wins above replacement is at 1%, which literally means 99% of the league right now is better than him or is, is, is contributing more to their team's success than Kane is. He's doing nothing other than put up some numbers on the power play. So he's got 19 points at five on five this year in 51 games. I mean, give me a break. So, isn't that evidence that Kane just got motivated and suddenly, oh, look, five goals and an assist in two games. The guy wants to get traded. The guy want, realizes, oh, crap, if I don't show teams that I'm still valuable, then I'm not, I'm not leaving Chicago. I'm not leaving Chicago before the trade deadline. So we'll see if he expands his, his trade list a little bit. Hopefully not to Buffalo. I want no part of that for the Sabres this year. I really don't want any part of it in the offseason either, but especially not before the trade deadline. We'll see if he adds any teams to his list. but. I, I think he kind of proved to everybody in these last two games that the dude has not been trying that hard all season long. And then the other trade that happened in the league, I just referenced it. Ryan O'Reilly, he's going to the, he's going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was a great story, by the way, Doug Armstrong. Um, well, he's part of the story. Uh, who, uh, Ruther- no, Rutherford. Who, I'm going to have to look it up. I'm sorry. I was confused. The Blues writer on, um, the Blues writer for the athletic with the actual general manager, um, uh, Jeremy Rutherford. Okay. Yes. Cause there's another Rutherford GM, whatever Jeremy Rutherford at the athletic wrote a great piece about the, the Thompson O'Reilly trade. And there's quotes from Thompson in there. There's quotes from O'Reilly about Thompson and Thompson about O'Reilly, how they view the trade. Randy Sexton, former Sabres assistant GM, shed a little bit of light on how the trade went down and how they look back on it. So there was a lot of stuff there, but, O'Reilly, his time in St. Louis is over. And the Blues, this 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 part of the, our episode is not about the trade. I mean, the Blues got everything they wanted, right? They won a Stanley Cup. He was supposed to be the final piece to a Stanley Cup champion, and the man won a Conn Smythe and won them the Cup, helped win them the Cup. So now he's gone. Now he goes to Toronto. And by the way, interesting how they're using him. He played in a line with John Tavares and Mitch Marner. Uh, so they have an incredible top six, of course, going here. They also trade for Nola Chari in this trade. It's a three-way trade with St. Louis and Minnesota, where the Blues trade a first, a second, or excuse me, the Leafs trade a first, a second, a third, and two players. Wow, that's a lot for a guy, by the way, in Ryan O'Reilly, who is not putting up numbers this year. 12 goals and eight assists in 41 games played. Um, he's not playing well by those numbers. But, yeah, I just mentioned Patrick Kane is like a 1% wins above replacement. Ryan O'Reilly's at 81%. So he is still playing well. He is just, he was bothered with an injury earlier on, and he still makes an incredible defensive impact. It's always going to have him being valuable. Uh, The Blues have not been as strong, and he is generating a lot of offense, even though it's not quite going in the back of the net. So I expect this to work 
in Toronto. I expect them to put up numbers. Do are they going to win the first round? I don't Tampa, man. I I don't know. I'm still flip a coin on whether or not it'll happen. It'll be amazing to me if they don't for a seventh consecutive season, and I'll be rooting for them not to. But I do have to say I think this will help them a little bit in their quest to finally get to the second round and get past the Tampa Bay Lightning, who they're going to play in the first round. So I like the trade for the least, but man, they did pay a lot. Is that the guy you wanted to swing big with? I mean, here's the other thing about Ryan O'Reilly. So there was retained salary, first, second, and third round pick. You're going, you're going all in for that type of move, given that O'Reilly's a free agent at the end of the year. And maybe they think they could sign him. Maybe they think they could take advantage of this season with lower numbers to think, hey, we can get him for $6 million or $5 million instead of seven and a half or eight. But I don't know. I see this as a rental. For the Leafs, it'll be very weird to see O'Reilly in a Leafs uniform. And that'll be quick. He plays the Sabres on Tuesday in Buffalo. Is he going to get booed? Are we going to boo him? I don't remember if we've been doing that with him the last couple games. I almost feel like Eichel getting traded and becoming such a villain for Buffalo has increased uh, O'Reilly's popularity rating, right? Like, when O'Reilly first left Buffalo, he probably got booed, right? His approval rating in Buffalo would have been, what, like 20%? And then... Eichel got traded and became villain. And I'm not saying O'Reilly's like a a beloved figure here or anything, but I would imagine he's more well-liked by fans than he was a couple of years ago. Because now it looks like it was Eichel's fault. I don't subscribe to that. I love rooting against Eichel. I will never subscribe to he was the reason why they were bad. And I don't subscribe to O'Reilly was either. But maybe maybe some fans pin them one against the other. I don't know. Um, But O'Reilly's a leaf. And that'll look weird. Number 90. You'll see him on Tuesday night at KeyBank Center. We'll talk more about that matchup next time. I'll have some power rankings for you, uh, a new edition of our Eastern Conference power rankings, and we'll preview Sabres and Leafs, a big matchup. Lots of lots on the line standings-wise, and it's always fun when Toronto comes to town. So expect a great atmosphere, and we'll preview Sabres and Leafs next time here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase.